Good evening and welcome to Top Growth. In tonight's episode, we are looking into the business of veteran services. And in particular, we will look right here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Joining me for this segment is Massachusetts Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Francisco Urena. A retired veteran, steadfast veterans advocate, energetic and hardworking leader, he covers every square mile of our state in his role, meeting with, helping, and supporting veterans and their families. Secretary Arena served for eight years in the United States Marines, where he was engaged in diplomatic security with the Department of State at the American Embassy in Damascus, Syria and the American Embassy in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. He also received a Purple Heart from injuries sustained during the Operation Iraqi Freedom Campaign. After his service, Secretary Urena went on to receive a degree in history and legal studies from the University of Massachusetts. And while pursuing his education, he dedicated a tremendous amount of time volunteering in the Lowell community, which eventually led to his appointment as Veteran Services Officer for the City of Lawrence, and later as Commissioner of Veteran Services for the City of Boston. In 2008, he was honored with the prestigious Veteran Services Officer of the Year Award. I had the pleasure of meeting and getting to know Francisco Urena during his tenure as Commissioner of Veteran Services for the City of Boston. And in 2015, Governor Charlie Baker appointed Francisco to become Secretary of Veterans Affairs for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We are delighted to have him on the show tonight. Welcome, Francisco. Thank you very much. What a great opportunity to be in good company. I'm so glad you're here and just how wonderful that you're in Westboro and you were able to, uh, I know you just came from an engagement as usual. You're always running all over the state, just, um, just evangelizing veteran services. And I appreciate your being here, especially for our viewers to really learn, you know, what is it like to be in your position? Um, what is it like in the day of the secretary? Well, thank you so very much. It is a, a true honor. Each and every day we make a difference in the lives of veterans. And that's what I stride with the leadership of our office under mm -hmm. the leadership of Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Polito to care for our 365,000 veterans in the Commonwealth, to provide them the very best that we can, and also the sense of community and support for our Gold Star families right. and for our veterans who are transitioning. Each and every day we have members leaving the military, coming home to Massachusetts, and it is important for us to continue to be the leader of veterans. Right. 365,000 veterans in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Indeed. And it's, um, it's remarkable to hear that number. It's almost staggering. And I think that I'm sure many of our viewers are going to be surprised to hear that there are so many veterans that are here in the Absolutely. Commonwealth. And um, so many wonderful men and women that have served in our armed forces. And um, what, in your role, um, I know that you do a lot of outreach um, and um, you visit lots of groups throughout the state and I know there are some days you can be in Boston in the morning and then Springfield at the end of the, and at the, end of the day and all of your stops sure. in between can be all over our wonderful Commonwealth. Um, but what what do you what is it that your office does um, exactly? Maybe you can share with our viewers, especially those who are viewing that are veterans who might be a little unfamiliar um, with the services that the Commonwealth provides. What is it that you what is it that you and your organization do? Absolutely. So the Department of Veteran Services in Massachusetts is very unique in the services and the benefits that we provide. Mm -hmm. While we're here to be partners with our federal government and that of the Veterans Affairs, 
we have a veteran service officer in every city and town. That is our engagement. That is our point of contact. The day that I leave Westboro, that I leave Springfield or Boston, mm -hmm. a veterans agent is, is in the community, a neighbor, a veteran helping fellow veterans. Our role in our office, in our department, is to provide that sense of support mm -hmm. to their office, the sense of training and certification, so that they could deliver the very best benefits to our veterans each and every day. Yes. 12,000 veterans and families depend upon our benefits on a monthly basis to prevent homelessness, to provide a better quality of life, and just a sense of uh, recognition, uh, reimbursements of, of medical costs and others. That if it wasn't because of us, they would be debating whether they buy the prescription, or afford food and with us they could do both mm -hmm. and so these men and women who served shouldn't be uh, doubting those types of challenges that's why we have a safety net in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and that safety net is administered through our VSOs and their network mm -hmm. and so part of what you do on a regular basis is to really evangelize the department indeed and to get out and be um, be a spokesperson for the Commonwealth as it pertains to veterans and veteran services what are some of the main issues if you had to think about maybe the top three concerns or the greatest concerns that you have with respect to the needs of our veterans right now here in the Commonwealth, what are the top three issues? Sure. I would say awareness, awareness, mm -hmm. and awareness. Oh, yeah. okay. um, honestly, yeah. uh, a lot of veterans do not know that there's a neighbor mm -hmm. in their community mm -hmm. who can provide and open so many doors, mm -hmm. whether it's homelessness services, whether it's just community, whether it's just celebration of, of the service. Mm -hmm. uh, but in reality, uh, is transition from military, transition into community from different aspects, whether you're moving here along into your private uh, non-military career, Mm -hmm. You're transitioning from an institution or a house of correction or the aspect of just coming out of the service. Mm -hmm. That is a focus uh, of ours. Homelessness is another focus, ensuring that we address in every community uh, finding opportunities and pathways for self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. And then the aspect of recognition of service, recognition and support and creating and sustaining community uh, to veterans, to families, to survivors who in some cases are the only ones grieving. Um, right. You know, Westboro as a town is a very special place. Mm -hmm. um, you have great veterans, but you also have some Gold Star families, some yes, that we, we see from time to time. Um, and to them, they never forget. It's not just on Memorial Day that they remember that they lost their brother or they lost their, their husband. Mm -hmm. And it is up to us to ensure that we remind them that their sacrifice is not forgotten mm -hmm. and to continue that sense of community throughout the year. Right. Right, very true. And and I think you being um, a former Marine and have served so honorably yourself really understand, you know, what it's like to come back and make transitions in your own life. And, um, you know, you really um, coming back and pursuing your education and, um, and then uh, volunteering with your tremendous volunteer efforts and um, to finally land in the position that you are today. I mean, that came from so much hard work, but also your, um, your heartfelt mission to, um, to always help veterans and, and, and based on your service. And one thing, and I think it's very timely that I wanted to talk about today, is um, when you were in the Marines and you served in uh, for the American Embassy in Syria, and as you you know, we know there's so much going on right now in the world and um, um, so much concern. I think that we all have globally. Um, 
and so, you know, as we look at um, diplomacy that's that's happening, sure. and we also look at um, the necessity at times to um, really hold a line and and uh, do things that are necessary to ensure the safety of all people, all citizens of the, mm -hmm. throughout the globe. Um, we recently um, had ordered attacks, the United States, on specific points in Syria regarding the chemical weapons. And um, do you want to share a little bit about, you know, what it was like being in Syria at the time that you were and what your feelings are about this recent targeted strike mission in Syria um, and whether you feel that um, it was appropriate and, um, and just uh, your perception of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I arrived in Syria in 2001. We mm -hmm. were the first group of Americans to arrive there after 9-11. Um, December 22nd, I remember the day very fondly, um, because again, going back to volunteering, we right. went to a local church, a uh, Christian community, to do Toys for Tots, to deliver toys that really? the embassy had been collecting wow. over the last couple of months. So, mm -hmm. my, so my sense of community and connection has always been a strong one. Right. So in that sense, uh, the experience was an experience. Mm -hmm. um, I was there as part of the Marine Security Guard team to protect the classified information, to mm -hmm. protect the equipment and, and American personnel so that they could mm -hmm. do their mission and their job. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting uh, location. We were just right across from the Tunisian embassy mm -hmm. where the Iraqi intersection uh, was across the street. Uh, so the aspect of interactions, the looks that you would get, you knew there wasn't just the, the average look. It, it, it could have been the secret police. It could mm -hmm. have been the aspect of uh, intelligence collection. But at the end of the day, the, those 18 months that I spent in country mm -hmm. um, were interesting times. Obviously, 9-11 uh, mm -hmm. impacted us, but it impacted abroad. Mm -hmm. It impacted tourism. So there were very few people visiting some of the tourist sites that we had an opportunity to visit, very mm -hmm. old ruins. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the people, there were uh, different classes, the Muslims and the Christians, so a very small Christian community, but mm -hmm. one that had a strong sense of faith and a strong sense of, of uh, history um, through uh, their sense of faith and, 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 and their support or lack of thereof from, from government. One of my toughest uh, experiences in Syria was in 2003, uh, shortly after the worldwide coalition went together and, and went into Iraq um, uh, to rid of the regime. Mm -hmm. And there was a demonstration. Demonstrations don't happen by chance in the Middle East, especially in Syria, a police right. state. They happen with the support and, and the control mm -hmm. of, of the government. Mm -hmm. And one of my toughest memories was being called into the embassy to be reacted because it was this demonstration, spontaneous, I use that uh, term loosely. So we, we went into the embassy and I cro crossed this, this crowd there were about seven charter buses, brand new. Mm -hmm. They were boarding young men to go fight in Iraq. There were, these kids had smiles on their faces like they were going to Disney World, like they were going on a field trip. And the worst part of that is that just a few months before that, um, before 2003, a couple of years, I had just left combat units, mm -hmm. men, uh, Marines, who were already in, in part of country. So I knew these guys were going to fight friends and fellow service members. And we could do nothing except send a memo to Washington and report what we have seen mm -hmm. and kind of watching the news as these became uh, enemy combatants. Mm. And so that must have been incredibly frustrating. And... Um 
um, just, I mean, how did you feel that you couldn't do it? It must have been a very difficult um, feeling to know that you really couldn't do anything as you're watching this happen before your eyes. Sure, it is an aspect of balance. We knew that yeah. we were had a role. Mm -hmm. This is a sovereign uh, American uh, little territory right. until you cross that front gate, mm -hmm. and so. It's the reality of living abroad, right. being a diplomat, right. and the aspect of carrying America's uh, mission overseas. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, as we see, um, you know, the chemical um, warfare, we see these children um, that are just um, negatively impacted, dead children, um, and in the United States um, and its allies looking to, um, you know, take a stance and say this is not going to be tolerated. We're not going to um, allow this to happen. And so the targeted uh, missile strikes that occurred uh, just uh, last week. And, and so as you reflect upon your time um, there, uh, all those years ago, and then now that you see all of this unfolding, um, what does it make you think? I mean, how do you, what do you think about sure. it? Country has a responsibility. I mean, that's who America has been, mm -hmm. a protector yeah. of others, a protector of children in this case and, mm -hmm. and civilians. Um, I like to trust the intelligence community, the mm -hmm. gathered the, the right intelligence to let us know that those indeed were chemical weapons that, mm -hmm. and the aspect that sets a tone that mm -hmm. those are out of bounds. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that we did that collectively as an international community, that we had a couple of other countries who they too owe a sense of responsibility to their citizens to mm -hmm. know that, that their assets are being used, um, that, we, that we indeed are on the right side of history. Right. And do you think that that it's going to be effective. I mean, as we look towards the future, and I know no one has a crystal ball, and it's incredibly hard to make predictions, but do you think that um, if we continue to act decisively on um, situations like this in the future, that it will only serve to improve things? Um, we would hope. Yeah. And I think right. essentially without minus that crystal ball, right. uh, we would hope that that has been our role, uh, yeah. the aspect of protecting and the aspect of setting the tone and especially of these nasty chemical weapons right. um, that uh, affect not just the targets that they're trying to get, but mm -hmm. obviously civilians and, and other populations. So Yeah, right. I, I want to segue for a minute. You know, um, one of the things that I think is really, really difficult um, for our veterans when they come back from service is the whole psychological aspect of having to take part in, see so much, be um, in situations that are really, really stressful and really, really difficult. And um, and there, there are several organizations that can help deal with that facet of um, an individual in, in wellness and psychological wellness and health and well-being. Does the Department of Veterans Affairs have any particular um, uh, sub-department or service that it offers to help 
returning veterans as they segue from very difficult situations overseas and they come back and just have a difficult time handling um, their reentry into the sure. United States. The transition, as yes. we like to uh, call it. Mm -hmm. While we specifically don't have an organization, we find our strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. We have partners such mm -hmm. as Homebase uh, mm -hmm. that does a lot of uh, focus on mental health of any generation, mm -hmm. of any uh, surviving family mm -hmm. as one of our premier uh, partners to, to connect with. Mm -hmm. Not only do they treat invisible wounds of war, but they also have activities throughout the year. Another great organization that comes to mind is Military Friends Foundation that does uh, focused events throughout the year connecting our surviving families. Mm -hmm. um, during December, we do a dedication of Gold Star uh, Family Tree, a 20-foot foot, uh, tree in Memorial Hall at the State House where the ornaments are actually pictures of the deceased, mm -hmm. which uh, maintain throughout the holiday and the Christmas season inside the State House. And it gives the uh, families an opportunity to gather and grieve collectively. As far as for our veterans, it is the focus is local. Mm -hmm. We want veterans and veteran families and friends of veterans to connect with local veteran service officers. There's an opportunity to find the network of support mm -hmm. uh, at whatever level uh, that is right for that individual and to have that continuity mm -hmm. of service. Whether you're going to school, uh, Today, every community college, every public institution, all of our 29 public institutions of higher learning have a veterans agent within the school. Mm -hmm. They're the ones processing the GI Bill, mm -hmm. but we also have a lounge where veterans could gather. And as um, more seasoned students, uh, which uh, veterans usually are in the classroom, right. more um, they have a sense to, uh, a, a place where they could hang uh, with one another and also mm -hmm. get information that's specific for veterans within mm -hmm. those communities. And private institutions as well have them. Uh, they, they know that it's a good business model, but they mm -hmm. also know that it's a good reintegration model for veterans to keep them within those schools focused on working on their degrees. Affinity groups in uh, the aspect of business are mm -hmm. also a good model mm -hmm. of groups that are making differences, whether collecting care packages, just uh, continuing the sense of welcoming mm -hmm. veterans, but also giving an outlet for veterans to give back to their community and for people to give back to those who are still serving and those mm -hmm. who are transitioning uh, back to our communities. Wonderful. And so if someone is watching and if they're in any town here in the entire region and they say, well, gee, I never really realized that I had a veteran service officer in my community, where would they go to find the list? Is it on your website that they could find it? It is. So I'm going to give you massvetsadvisor.org. MassVetsAdvisor.org. Okay. Uh, the second link from top to bottom is mm -hmm. actually a directory of all of our 351 cities and towns where you can find your local veteran mm -hmm. service officer by typing in your zip code. Here in Westboro, uh, you have Ken Ferrara, yes. a great uh, veteran. Wonderful um, person. Taking care of fellow mm -hmm. veterans. And that's yeah. essentially you have a Ken in every community. Okay. A fellow veteran, a resident of that community who knows, who wants to do more, and who, if you have an idea mm -hmm. to improve or something that can be done, that's the, the way to go. Wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about Governor Baker and his commitment to um, uh, the veterans. And uh, recently, um, he had announced that he was giving a tax credit for uh, companies that are hiring veterans. Can you share a little bit about that with our viewers and just some of the other things the administration is doing to help support veteran businesses, whether they're uh, founded by veterans and or whether individuals hire veterans 
uh, to work at their company. Sure. So Governor Baker and uh, the Polito administration have yes. been tremendous supporters mm -hmm. of veterans and families, but overall supporters of just the Massachusetts resident, right. telling uh, businesses we're open for business, telling investors we are here, and, and just a great place to live, work, and play. I think that has been the, the motto of, of uh, this administration. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to veterans, the governor has been placing specific investments in veterans. When it comes to employment, um, pulling a focus, we currently have the lowest rate of unemployment uh, among people, but also among veterans that we've ever had in, mm -hmm. in the aspect of collecting uh, th those demographics, is short of 3%, which is unheard of. And usually veteran unemployment is higher than the civilian current part, and that's not the case here. A lot has to do with economy, mm -hmm. but also just ease and access to opportunities. Mm -hmm. The tax uh, hiring credit, which you mentioned, is an opportunity that was created for small uh, businesses mm -hmm. to have a sense of place for veterans. Any company with less than 100 employees can apply uh, and be part of both federal and also another incentive through the state uh, to be part of that. So those are done through the Department of Revenue um, mm -hmm. as, um, as tax credits as well as, as other federal incentives uh, administered through there. So does the company have to apply before they go and hire? Or do they, can they apply after they've hired? They could apply after they hire. And most, okay, yeah, so either it makes way. More, yes, and, and they makes would more go sense to, to the sure. Department of Revenue website Correct. for Correct. that to get the, download the forms. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Okay, sure. great. So that would be yeah. one of the programs. Another one of the program is providing uh, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. um, incentives for veterans who have served their country and now are taking other risk as a mm -hmm. business owner, just like any other business right. owner. Uh, but this one specifically to provide a, a pathway mm -hmm. to veterans who and veterans, minorities, women-owned businesses, mm -hmm. uh, LGBT community-owned businesses, mm -hmm. and just the aspect of doing business with the state. So it is not a, a hidden secret. So. That sense is an aspect where uh, contracts uh, of if you have a service that you can provide to provide to the state, mm -hmm. you to have a, a sense of priority or an advantage uh, to that. Okay, so this is really part of the vendor diversity yes. program that's been around for a very long Correct. time. Okay. But what we did was uh, put a focus on veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, before we arrived, it was a focus on disabled-owned veterans. Mm -hmm. um, very few list, literally three companies were doing business with the state to the tune of less than uh, $15,000. Mm -hmm. uh, within a couple of months of us still giving that priority to disabled-owned veterans, but mm -hmm. opening it up to all veteran-owned businesses, mm -hmm. we went from uh, less than $15,000 to uh, short of a uh, million dollars to now multiple millions of dollars. And we still have a long way to go because there's a 3% floor mm -hmm. as an incentive for us right. to continue to find these companies to mm -hmm. uh, incentivize them to continue to have an opportunity to do business with the state and to say the state wants to do business with you. That's wonderful. That's really great. Um, and so hopefully a lot of people that are watching are going to take advantage of that because maybe they didn't know about it before. Correct. Um, that's really wonderful. And so this is really since 2015 then that there's this has been open to all veterans. Sure. Since Absolutely. the new administration Absolutely. came Absolutely, sure. Very, very good. Shortly after there. there was an announcement and there was a focus on yeah. that. So right. those types of things, uh, the governor again, investment in, in veteran infrastructure. Mm -hmm. right. um, uh, last year, he signed a bill to uh, bond $200 million to build a new Chelsea uh, soldier's home. Mm -hmm. 
in the campus of Chelsea, one that would be a uh, bed replacement project, if you will, uh, nursing home mm -hmm. for veterans. The current facility is the oldest one in the country. So it was built in 1948, mm -hmm. still standing to 1948 standards. Mm -hmm. It's not the quality of standards that the right. VA, who reimburses us for daily care charges, right. wanted us for the last decade. Mm -hmm. But it's also a sense that gives us another 50 years worth of life uh, mm -hmm. to that campus. So that, and with the way we're building it adjacent to the current facility, well, there'll be no disruption to the current veteran and who resides there and, mm -hmm. and the sense of ease to their families who entrust us right. with, for their care. Wonderful. That's terrific. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about awareness, awareness, awareness. Sure. So, um, so there are veterans officers in each community yes. um, in the Commonwealth, and I'm sure this is the same all across the country. Is that right? No. There, no. No. Oh, so no, let's talk about that. So, that's, why so, that's why it's so different here in Massachusetts. Really? The rest of the country operates on a county system. They okay. have one agent in most, in, for the most county. part. Per county. So imagine Worcester County with one person doing all the outreach. How could they possibly get the job done? Indeed. Right. And so above and beyond that, we pride ourselves of being the number one state in the country for veterans. The safety net program, our chapter 115, that mm -hmm. reimburses costs and, mm -hmm. and helps veterans who are under the federal poverty level, mm -hmm. that's unique to us in Massachusetts. Wow. That started shortly after the French and Indian War mm -hmm. as a, a way to uh, connect those veterans who had were now war wounded, and that's before the VA was started. If you mm -hmm. remember, the VA was started uh, after the Civil War. Right. We were 100 years before that already caring for veterans and spouses mm -hmm. and surviving uh, orphan children. Right. So, again, the aspect of our history, mm -hmm. being one of the oldest states in, in the country, but the aspect of also the support it goes uh, as well with the legislature because the governor proposes uh, these and we uh, execute the mm -hmm. aspect of laws, but it is our, our partners in the legislature mm -hmm. that too pride themselves in being number one and doing more for veterans and they continue to support these sense of opportunities for those who have served to protect and those who have returned and, and find themselves in need. It's just another great reason why the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is the best. It's yeah. the absolute sure. best, Indeed. exactly. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Yes. And so let's talk a little bit about um, what's happening in May. So um, very excited. Um, in May, we're celebrating a Military Appreciation Month. And that's really, really wonderful. And, and I know that your normal calendar is busy all throughout the year, but in May, um, you're probably up at two in the morning and you don't, <laughs> you don't go to sleep. I just stay up, I just, just stay up. Right, exactly. But it's one of my favorite events that's because great. it's, 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 it's hosted by community. I mean, the yes. fact that you're doing a flag raising uh, on a, a beautiful facility, which is Pensa Communications, mm -hmm. uh, creating, I mean, showing up, a marching band is there, a beautiful spread uh, of food and, mm -hmm. and, and all you, you think you could have. I think uh, this is a great example of how we could continue to celebrate and honor veterans. Yes. There's nothing for you that you're looking in return. You just want right. to continue to honor the building, yes. honor that flagpole, honor that, that historic flagpole, and then continue to bring awareness to patriotism, one that veterans cherish so much. And, mm -hmm. and you've uh, happened to just for the last five years, and I'm so proud that we've been able to provide that sense of connection. Well, we're so grateful to you for being such a huge part of this and since the very, very beginning. And and the reason why we do it is we want to bring the veterans together um, to celebrate 
a military appreciation month and to be a place where they can come and just feel proud of their service and be recognized by the community because you don't have to be a veteran to come. Sure, of course. So it's really amongst the community. Yeah. And to raise the flag every single spring in our beautiful historic yeah. building, which has over 200 years of American history, um, very special. But bringing, bringing the community together and honoring veterans is very important. But even more important than all of that, what we are hopeful for is that other businesses and organizations, whether they're in the region or outside of the region, and they might see it on YouTube or they might see it through social media, wherever they might have mm -hmm. seen a previous event, will stop and take a moment and say, what can we do to help evangelize and promote and celebrate and thank our veteran community? Right. And if we can accomplish that, I think we've hit a home run. If we can accomplish getting more veterans to this celebration mm -hmm. every year, I think we have done better and better every year if we can do that. Because it's about bringing the community together. And it's about that moment of thanks and that celebratory um, uh, feeling and um, purpose. Correct. Which is the reason yeah. why we all gather. And, um, and people are so able to hear your eloquent words every year and the words of our elected officials that, that join us. And then of course, you know, if we have the ability to hear a great story from one of our veterans, then that even makes it even more special because it really hits home. And, um, and so we're really grateful for that. And, and I would love to know, and I think our viewers would be really, really interested in knowing what other things are going on in May um, to celebrate Military Appreciation Month or there are so many Memorial sure. Day um, celebrations. I know that uh, Shrewsbury has a wonderful yes. Memorial Day celebration. Uh, I believe that Hannah Kane, Representative yes. Kane, uh, put together, and there are others like that, like our flag raising, mm -hmm. all throughout the Commonwealth, where people can go in, from different communities and really have that spirit and, sure. and have that camaraderie. So, can you share a little bit about what's yeah, happening? So in, in the month of May, obviously, the, towards the end of the month is Memorial Day, but prior to that is Armed Forces Day, uh, mm -hmm. the weekend before that, usually a Saturday, as well as every day is, is really a day to honor. But there's uh, just the weather is, is much nicer on like this 86th day of, oh, of January. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's every community. So you don't have to be a veteran. I'm glad you touched upon that, to attend a veteran's celebration, to mm -hmm. attend a veteran's commemoration, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and just to honor and recognize during Memorial Day uh, events or a parade leading up to that weekend or a parade in November or, or the aspect. Mm -hmm. These are community events for community by community. You don't have to live in Westboro to right. uh, come to Westboro to attend an event or likewise go to Shrewsbury to, uh, to just have that sense of com connection. Right. And specifically for youth, you know, we have less than 7% of the population who has served, less than 1% of our population who is serving. Mm -hmm. We're losing veterans. The 365,000 is the lowest number we've ever had. Mm -hmm. In 20 years, we'll have half of that population because that's what we're projecting. Mm -hmm. Our military is much smaller. It operates much leaner. Mm -hmm. Our veterans are aging. Right. And so 
it's important to connect our youth mm -hmm. to those stories, to that history, mm -hmm. to this her her heroics that they participated, or oh, just the aspect of selflessness that they were part of, whether they volunteered, whether they were drafted. It's a sense of generation and a, mm -hmm. a story that we're losing far too quickly. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I'm very glad, and I call it a model <clears throat> to follow, is your involvement at Penta involving uh, high school students yes. who come in and, and have an opportunity. It's also a great avenue of community for our Gold Star families, mm -hmm. those who are grieving. And I think we have a special uh, event that we're planning uh, to recognize some of those Gold Star oh, families for their service. And again, to remind them that they're not alone, that they're not forgotten. So any event throughout the community uh, is an important one. But one special task is, again, and one that's unique to Massachusetts. We have a state law that requires that we place a fresh American-made flag in every veteran's grave. Veterans groups throughout the Commonwealth mm -hmm. are the ones uh, orchestrating that. But it's not just veteran groups. If you, if your son, your daughter, your friend, your neighbor want to make a difference, mm -hmm. contact local town hall. Westboro or your neighboring town and see which cemeteries they need volunteers. Those flags are placed by volunteers and again that's one direction. Mm -hmm. If you want to make a difference start calling now seeing what date is usually a specific date, mm -hmm. uh, a weekend or a specific time during the week where they'll go and canvas those cemeteries with a list by name ensuring that a flag is adorning that grave to commemorate the uh, final resting place of an American hero. What a wonderful thing to do. That's wonderful. Yeah. And this is on Memorial Day? Leading up to Memorial. Up so to the Memorial law Day. requires us to uh, place a flag before Memorial before Day. So Memorial Day. I would start inquiring now, uh, yes. and I would start inquiring as soon as the month of May is here mm -hmm. to see when your local veteran service officer or your veterans council mm -hmm. is going to canvas the historic uh, cemeteries which you have that's we have to get the word out about yeah. that because that's just wonderful and I think so many of our youth um, can feel a stronger sense of connection to our history and to our sure. veterans and I think that's something that we absolutely need to evangelize Indeed. well we really appreciate that you're you're here today on the show that you've shared your time and your thoughts and your wonderful experiences with us and I also want to thank you on behalf of all of our viewers and in throughout the region for everything that you do wow. every day mm. working so tirelessly for our veteran community. It's amazing. And I've watched you now for years and years and years. Yeah. And I just honestly cannot believe just your energy, your enthusiasm, your steadfast focus and commitment. Um, and it's really honorable and it's impressive. And thank you very much for all you do. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Deborah. You. you know, ultimately it is a trust that I have with veterans and one that they have with us. Mm -hmm. And it is just true a calling. It's probably the best opportunity I've, I've had to give back to my community to give back to our country and to connect those veterans who feel disconnected. Well, we're very lucky to have you in the Commonwealth, but I have a feeling that someday we're going to see you on the national scene. We'll see when that I'm time sure, gets here. I'm sure. Thank you so very much. Thank, thank, you, thank you very Appreciate much. It. Thank you. Thank you.